So I'm here now. Um, welcome to how we ended up this way with me, all by myself, doing the show. It's cool though. Um, so I'm gonna talk about stuff tonight that relates to self sabotage. Um, I'm really good at it. Turns out. So I've got that going for me. Um, and we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we're gonna do the thing where I talk about vaguely personal stuff and then you guys are like, oh, cool, I get that, and you may relate to it, maybe you don't, I don't know. So, let's, uh, yeah. So I'm back. This is week four of the Dana Show, um, where I talk about things that I think about and that I deal with on the day-to-day, -day. and hopefully you might get something from it, and maybe it'll help you. I don't know. Um, today, I think I will talk about self-sabotage, um, just uh, something that I was reading about recently. Um, I do a lot of it, um, a lot of it, and most of it's based on fear, and I think what I'm afraid of most is I'm, a, I'm afraid of hurting people, I'm afraid of disappointing people, I'm afraid of uh, being alone sometimes, um, afraid of dying alone, I'm afraid of failure, I'm afraid of um, uh, let's see, what else am I afraid of? Um, I'm afraid my mic was turned up too high. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> um, hopefully that's better. Um, yeah, I'm afraid of not providing enough for my children. I'm afraid of not being a good example for them. My children are a big source of anxiety for me. Um, the, uh, the hard thing that I think a lot of us uh, have a problem with with self-sabotage is that a lot of times we don't even recognize when we're doing it. Um, I think I do it on autopilot. If I can catch myself actually um, not paying attention to whatever it is I'm frantically doing, that's probably me self-sabotaging. Um, yeah, a good example is uh, binge eating. Oh, oh, do I love to eat. It's, uh, I think, people that self-sabotage, um, especially due to anxiety and depression, um, they tend to restrict something that they like and kind of like uh, as a, a system of control like try to not do it at all and then when they break they do it excessively to an extreme um it's really easy to self-sabotage with um uh, 
drug addictions, any addictions really. Um, could be porn, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever. I'm trying to think, what else can you be addicted to? Coffee? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess that falls in drugs. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's eating. Uh, if I, if I, um, if I'm not, especially if the environment's crazy too, like especially going out to eat. When I go out to eat, there's so much stimulation around me. Um, I'm worried about embarrassing the person I'm with or making sure the person I'm with is having a good time. Does the person I'm with enjoy the food that they're having? Is my portion going to be really small? Is the food going to be cooked right? Am I going to get my order right? And so there's a lot going on. There's everybody else's conversations. Um, if you're somebody that's always kind of scanning their surroundings, trying to get a foothold for um, how they feel in a certain situation, um, that sort of thing can give you a lot of stress. Um, like in a restaurant, listening to side conversations, um, things that are making people anxious, uh, the tone in people's voices when they're talking about things at the dinner table. Uh, there's a lot going on at a restaurant. Um, and as a, I don't know if it's more self-sabotage or uh, a coping mechanism, but it can be both. Um, eating, I mean, uh, biologically speaking, um, you're, when you eat food as you're getting full, um, it triggers your body to release serotonin, which makes you feel relaxed, makes you feel happier. Um, so I think a lot of people eat for that. They, they eat for that comfort feeling, like a, or lack of feeling. I mean, sometimes I eat to an extreme just so I can only feel full. Um, I will literally eat until I'm uncomfortably full where it feels like I'm having like congestive heart failure, um, where like it's almost like hard to breathe sometimes. And um, just so I don't have to feel anything else except full. Um, there's nothing worse than generalized anxiety where it's just always kind of there. Um, you're always kind of on a knife's edge. You're always worried. Um, it's not great. So eating's one of those things where it's a self-sabotaging behavior, it's a coping mechanism, it's a method of self-medicating. Um, that's, uh, but I do it on autopilot. I don't even really notice that I'm doing it. And then even when I do notice I'm doing it, it's almost like my conscious observation of it hops to the back seat. And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm doing the thing. Can't stop it, it's in control now. There it goes, I'm eating got to do it um, then after comes the, the the guilt and the shame and did I embarrass the person I was with did uh, I uh, look bad to them um, did I uh, offend anybody by the way I ate how much I ate um, and then that triggers more anxiety uh, I mean, there's there's all sorts of ways you can talk about um, self-sabotaging behavior. That's just one of mine. Um, I have more. Uh, one that I tend to be really good at is procrastination. Um, procrastination, I think, in a lot of cases, is the the fear of 
um, not uh, maybe failing at the task or not doing a good enough job letting somebody down with the job that you're doing maybe not doing it fast enough um, you can do so many things uh, so many things to procrastinate um, a great thing that I do is I over-educate myself on whatever it is that I'm procrastinating about. Um, let's say I have to do something fairly simple. Um, I was chosen to, say, pick the meal for a holiday, and um, rather than start making a list of things and come up with a menu and talking to people ahead of time, um, I'll dive into research. And, what's the proper meal for this holiday? Let's look into the history of this holiday. Let's find out the anthropological background of everything from this holiday to make it into the most authentic thing because I don't want to fail. I don't want to let anybody down for this holiday. I want to make sure everything's perfect. Let's research right now. I know how much uh, I think I know everything about this holiday. I have good ideas for the conversation. Um, what can I do next? So. Each different step is a way of self-sabotaging uh, in procrastination. Um, it puts off the act of actually doing the task or the particular job that you have on deck because you're afraid of that task. Um, do it with everything. It can be work-related. You can sabotage yourself with procrastination at work. Um, there's so many ways to do it. Um, you can catastrophize whatever it is that you have to do. Um, really like analyzing the job, putting pieces that are overly complex into it, um, making it into something that seems insurmountable. Um, and it's not something that you are doing consciously. It's just a, a mindless, um, wait, you just don't like it and you don't want to do it. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, we, we got Jeffrey chiming in. Thank you for watching. Uh, procrastinating, yeah. You just don't like it. You don't want to do it. Absolutely. I mean, you've got... Um, why don't you like it? I mean, who cares if you don't like it? You may Maybe it's it's work. I mean, let's face it. I, I love all my coworkers, and I couldn't say anything better about any one of them. I have a, a great boss. Everybody I work with is responsible, intelligent, easy to get along with. They're great friends. Um, but the actual job I do is tedious and mind-numbing and repetitive and bureaucratic. And it's not great. There's nothing fun about it. Occasionally I get a little fun job where I can kind of get sidetracked helping somebody out researching some obscure something or another. Uh, but generally my job sucks and I just don't want to do it. So it's hard to break that procrastination. Um, there's little tools I use. Um, psychologically what seems to work the best for me is a little bit of exercise. Um, I'll get up from my desk and go all the way down to the basement and hike all the way up the stairs back up to my floor. And that wakes me up a little bit, kind of clears my head, gets rid of some of the cobwebs. Um, another thing I do if I don't, if I can't do something like that is the countdown. Um, it's kind of an easy thing. Uh, there's so many psychological cues we have for um, going backwards uh, and counting down to 
initiate a task. Like the first thing that most people think about is like a, a rocket countdown. Like when you get to zero, the rocket ship does blast off. Pew. So it's already in your head. You're you're gonna count down when you get to zero. A thing is gonna happen. Something is gonna launch. A, a race is gonna start. Uh, something is gonna explode. Um, that's what the countdown is. Uh, so you're you're like from youth. You're psychologically wired to when you hear numbers counting down. When you hit zero, something happens. It's a great way to break uh, procrastination cycle. When you need to do something, you're like, I'm going to do it when I get to zero. Ten, nine, or five, four, three, whatever. You get to zero and you just do it. Um, I procrastinated and that's why this show was two minutes late. I was reading something related to the show because I wanted to be overly prepared for everything I was going to talk about. And then I was trying to make sure that my mic and the camera and everything was working. Um, There's no way to avoid procrastination but there's a lot of ways I can identify it now and I can combat it um there's uh there's a lot of things we do to self-sabotage um it's uh if you shut yourself down um at least it gives you the control that you're the one doing it. Um, This is something else I'm talking about, putting yourself down. Putting yourself down as a system of control, almost like uh, setting a control fire to put out a forest fire. If if you put yourself down, if you cut yourself down in a certain way, um, if you sabotage yourself, it prevents somebody else from hurting you in that way. Um, If you can do it on your own, then nobody else is going to do it for you. I mean, it's like it's the, the funny meme that's been going around. It's like, don't let somebody else ruin your day. You can ruin it just fine on your own. And you do. And it is the, putting yourself down is a great way to ruin your own day or sabotage yourself. Um, say there's an opening at work for a promotion and you're qualified, but you put yourself down. Oh, I don't have enough experience. I haven't been here long. That's a great way to self-sabotage. You just put yourself down. I'm, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough about that. I'm not responsible enough. Um, I don't have the right kind of attitude to do that kind of job. I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that level of responsibility. I, I already have a hard time with stress. I can't handle that much more stress in my life. It's terrible. I couldn't do that. I mean, I could really use the money, but I would just screw it up, and then i get fired, and then I wouldn't have a job at all, and then... Then what would I do? I'd be even worse off. I should just be happy where I am. Um, yeah, uh, extreme modesty. It hinders you. It holds you back. Um, I mean, you can take that to an extreme and go the opposite direction and really be obnoxious and <laughs> cause a lot of people problems. But the the opposite's true if you if you hold yourself back. I mean, you're causing yourself problems. You might be great for something and you just won't let yourself do it. Um, there's, um, there's so many ways that, uh, self-sabotage, like, just kind of creeps into your day-to-day, um, overthinking and over-planning, um, there's, there's, um, let me try to think, what else, oh, you can do it in relationships, um, that's 
that's fantastic. Um, when, um, when you recognize, uh, something about yourself that you don't think your partner is going to like, and you bring it right to the surface and make sure that that gets in their face to like, well, yeah, I, 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 I threw that out there to make sure that I was in control of messing up this interaction. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let it accidentally happen. I'll make sure it happens, so I'm in control of it at least. Um, it's gonna get messed up. It's gonna be me. I'm gonna do it, and at least I, I know it's coming, and I'm ready to apologize for it. And that doesn't catch me off guard. It's a little less stressful than having it be a surprise. Um, I think I've done that a few times. Uh, holidays, birthdays, um, just knowing that it's a difficult time and just I don't know almost preparing yourself for that thing to happen and then it does um, yeah that's not great and it's hard for people to be sympathetic or have empathy for you when you're doing stuff like that because you're not doing it for attention you're doing it because you're scared you're scared you're doing it because you're scared of something. Yeah. Um, you're not doing it for attention. I think a lot of people think it's attention-seeking behavior. And really, you're just scared of being out of control. You're scared of being judged. You're scared of the unknown. Um, and it's not to manipulate people. It's just because you can't help but have a situation occur so that <clears throat> you can avoid it being worse or hurting you or other people more. Um, it's, it's just a system of controlling what you think is your own self-destructive behavior. Like when you go skiing and they trigger the avalanche so they know when it's going to happen and everybody's safe. Like trying to trigger it in a controlled, easy-to-handle way. Like maybe have that stress get to you and have your little freak out before you go out like ramp yourself up and get it out of the way before you go out and you're with friends or more family or at the dinner table like just get it out of your system now there it is okay it's under control now got it out um but that isn't great i mean the the whole i mean it's it's helpful in some respects i mean it 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 gets things um kind of handled in a more responsible way I guess but it's it's not it, it's treating a symptom it, it's taking NyQuil instead of eating healthy and getting rest and drinking lots of water it's, it's, it's more of a band-aid makes you feel a little better but it doesn't help um, I think really the hard thing is once you've identified a lot of these self-sabotaging behaviors um, being able to kind of catalog them um, being able to organize them in your head. Um, I tried journaling for a while. I tried writing these things down. I tried um, making lists so I could help identify my own self-destructive behavior, um, when I would feel certain ways, when anxious feelings would rise up, and then what I would do um, as a result of those anxious feelings, how I'd feel after uh, those anxious feelings came up and had subsided. Um, a lot of it was, it, it spiraled. Um, once that anxious feeling comes up, um, that anxiety mechanism, it gets you thinking about it. Um, 
you can go through and think about something negative or even that situation that you just had happen and it can create another one and another one and another one and I heard something funny today that, well not funny haha more like funny mm, sad <laughs> uh, that you um you can't stop yourself once it starts um Jeez, I forgot what the thing was that I was going to talk about. Wow, yeah, see, anxiety. I get nervous. I get nervous when I talk on here. Um, I had something really relevant and kind of funny to say, and I forgot what it was. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, identifying the situations. Um, having a support structure. Um, a lot of people around you when you talk about having anxiety um, it can be hard um, the people that are around you the most I think just get tired of it um, they just get sick of dealing with it and rather than being compassionate anymore they just don't have patience for it um, friends kinda drop off you isolate you realize that your depression and your negative behavior is bringing people down and that's the last thing you want to do um, at least that's me um, I don't want to make anybody sad I don't want to be around people if I'm going to be sad because I know I'll bring them down um, I don't want to do that so I'll isolate myself um, I know the people that care about you don't really care what kind of mood you're in I don't know, the best people, I mean, I, I don't care when somebody's sad, uh, if somebody's having a hard time, I prefer to be around people that are sad, uh, I really know how that feels, I can identify a lot of similarities, and I, I really feel good about being there for somebody when they're going through something hard, um, because I know what it's like. So I guess you just have to kind of surround yourself with people that have that same kind of mentality. Ones that don't blame you for how you feel and the, the people that really do want to actively be there for you. Um, having a good support structure, being around friends um, that don't enable negative behavior. Um, it's kind of amazing how people saying things that are similar in different ways and in different contexts um, can come across totally different. Like when there's a person that says something that regularly you feel kind of attacked by or that hurts your feelings, they can say something kind of inconsequential. Like, um, man, sure it would be nice if you weren't sad all the time. And it doesn't sound like a big poke, but when it's somebody that you care about, it can hurt. Um, and it's not, it, they didn't say anything generally hurtful. Um, they didn't say anything to, I mean, it wasn't like they were screaming at you. It wasn't like they were calling you names or picking on you. It was just a comment. Um, and it can sting and you feel guilty for uh, making their life harder 
Um, you feel guilty for making them sad when they didn't have to feel that way. Um, you feel bad for kind of souring their environment and you withdraw and you get quiet and you keep things in uh, just because you don't want to hurt somebody or make somebody sad. Um, but a lot of it's even worse when like you know when you talk to like you get somebody that wants to help you that wants to be there for you but they just don't get it and you can tell when you're talking to them that they just don't understand your perspective and you just feel alone it feels it's there's a certain kind of loneliness where you almost feel alien you feel almost disconnected from humanity and it's almost feels like you wish that somebody from your home planet would come back and scoop you up and be like, oh yeah, sorry we left you on this planet with all these apes. They're weird, aren't they? I'm sorry, we'll bring you home now where people understand you. <laughs> like, I fantasize about stuff like that. It's probably not healthy. I don't know. But then you can have... It kind of went on longer than I wanted to there, but... Um, but then you can have the opposite. You can have a really good supportive friend that you really connect with and you have a common understanding and you get together and they can say something like you're being an asshole like get stop saying shit like that and knock it off and fucking go out there and do the thing that you know you need to do because this is not helping you and you're being dumbass they said a lot of hurtful stuff they were swearing at you and they were like calling you out but like where did it come from? Like, it came from a place where, like, you have a common understanding. You have this, like, bond, and you... They're not wrong. They're not trying to make you feel bad. They're saying that what you're doing is bullshit. Knock it off. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah, it's the the pill that you need sometimes. And I can, I can hear that from the right person, and I can immediately say, oh... <laughs> yeah, and kind of laugh at myself. Yeah, you're right. I'm being a dumbass. I should probably just not do this right now. And sometimes that'll shake me out of an anxiety attack. Um, just somebody like calling you out on your stupid behavior. Like, hey, you're doing that thing. Go stop doing that thing. Okay, thanks. I needed that. I needed to hear that. Um, there's a few different. Um, a few different personality types that I think I have a really hard time with. Um, people that seem like they can justify um, or like they're entitled to whatever it is that they want. Like they're a good person and they're entitled to have whatever they want. That can feel yucky to me. Um, somebody that feels like they can just the I deserve everything I deserve it I deserve it I'm a good person I deserve it um, I worked hard I deserve it there's oops I dropped my little thing <laughs> side note I, I just pick up random things on my desk and I fiddle with them just because I need to keep my hands busy to keep myself on track while I'm talking um, 
that really bothers me. That triggers some of my anxiety. I'll get, I'll do some of my self-destructive behavior in front of that type of person, um, because they're, it doesn't feel right to me, um, because I'm kind of the opposite. I always feel like I don't deserve things. It's more of that self-sabotaging behavior. Um, it even falls into like self-deprecation and uh, not doing simple self-care things. Um, but seeing somebody like effortlessly do things for themselves, even if it's perfectly reasonable, almost feels like hedonistic or like selfish. Um, that's probably not healthy. I have to catch myself in those kind of traps because getting a massage every once in a while is a self-care item, you know? Uh, going and hanging out with friends every once in a while is a self-care item. Those are, those are things that you have to do to take care of yourself. Like, you can't get mad at somebody for going into, going to see their, their ring of support, their, their people, you know? Um, you can't get mad at somebody for needing a massage and going and taking care of themselves, but I do. Um, it even gets to the point where I get angry at people at, like, the grocery store. Like, if I see that Karen-looking lady, that, like, 120-pound, like, LuLaRue pant-wearing, like, bleach-blonde, 45-year-old, little springy thing jumping out of a $70,000 Chevy Tahoe or Cadillac Escalade all by herself to buy a few bags of groceries... I mean, I look at that, it's like, that's a house worth of resources. <laughs> like, you can buy a house for $75,000. You, I mean, you just drove two cars worth of gas to the grocery store by yourself to pick up some prosciutto and some yogurt. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, I, I see those people, and it's easy for me to bridge the gap between somebody who's that oblivious to their consumption and their hedonism it's it hurts me to it hurts me to watch those people um i even have a hard time like with luxury brands of things like when i see somebody driving like a lexus or an acura or a cadillac or an infinity like i see these cars and people driving and i'm like wow you really you just gotta have the nice stuff don't you there's not a more useful resource that you could use that money on that would help more people out or make more people feel good. You just gotta spend it all on yourself, huh? It's it's interesting. I I can't I can It's it's that voice inside my head, and it's the same thing I turn on myself. Um, Self sabotage. Um, the things I want are pretty humble. And I think that's because I sabotage myself. I don't, I don't want a big giant house. I don't want a sports car. I actually have more than I want. I don't want the amount of space that I have. I don't want the amount of things that I have. I keep, I'm, I'm constantly like weeding things back. Anytime I need something like a tools for a project or something, um, I almost have to like look around and be like, oh, I need to clean something out and throw something away so I can justify having this because I don't need much. Self-sabotage. Um, what else do I do to self-sabotage? Um, 
Let's see, conjuring failure so I don't fail as a surprise. Procrastination. Um, let's look at the list here. I did. I, I have a little website up of list of things. Yeah, sorry we audited so much. I just been I slept a lot. Um. Low self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, a lot of thing, these things spiral into other stuff. Um, examining whether your behaviors and behaviors align with your long-term goals. Um, that's one of the best ways for you to identify your self-sabotaging behavior. Um, looking at what you're doing in, in the moment and say, wow, is what I'm doing right now really helping me achieve the important things on my list? Nope, don't do it. Um, you can do it with anything. I do it all the time. Like, I make it, I, I don't like clutter, I don't like mess, so I, uh, oh, I almost forgot one. Perfectionism. That's a way of self-sabotaging. Um, yeah, so that's another one that I do. Uh, say I've got a project that I need to do, and um, I'm working on it, and rather than finishing it to a perfectly acceptable uh, level of finish, I will sit there, I will pull it apart, and I will patiently and painstakingly do something so it is absolutely perfect and even if it's n even if it is totally perfect in my head it's not like when somebody looks at whatever the job is and they say wow that looks amazing how did you do that so perfect and in my head I didn't do it perfect and I have to point out their mistake I have to say no you it's not perfect I messed this thing up over here and this isn't quite right and you can't see it but underneath here I made a mistake and I had to try to take it apart and fix it and get it back together and hide that and then like so even though it's pretty perfect I still don't see it that way um, and self-sabotage I'm like oh well I'm probably not good enough at that I shouldn't do that anymore um, all done <laughs> and I won't do it again or I'll put it off next time because the last time I did it it wasn't quite right or I'll spend twice as much time on it trying to make it functional um, well that doesn't help um, yeah so identifying, like, is this getting me towards my goal? Um, is what I'm doing getting me towards my goal? If I want to make dinner and I start cleaning, there's a few things that I may have to clean up, like cleaning out the sink, cleaning off the counters, making sure everything's ready to start making dinner. Uh, but I'll get sidetracked and I'll take it to the next degree. Um, oh, yeah, I probably should feed the cats. I probably need to feed the dog. Oh, there's crumbs everywhere. I need to wipe those those little dog food crumbs up. Oh, there's this thing of cat hair. Let me get the vacuum. I'm going to vacuum this up real quick. Open the fridge, and there's a little puddle of something on the shelf there. Not a big deal, but I need to clean that up right now before I do anything. Then go back. Oh, man, this pot's dirty. I really wanted to use that pot to cook tonight. I better clean that pot. Then you just spiral. Um, you you have to say, well, what am I doing right now? Is this helping me make dinner? 
No. Okay. Re <laughs> countdown. Make dinner. Three, two, one. Make dinner. It's like constantly having an argument with myself. Um, you have to put on a mask sometimes. Um, I know that's commonly used for uh, people with autism, but sometimes I think high-functioning anxiety shares a lot of common sensory coping mechanisms with autism. I mean, I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I'm obviously not qualified to say that that's a fact, or I believe that in any way, but um, it sure seems that way. Um, sometimes when I really feel like I can't handle something, but I don't have the ability to use any of my self-sabotaging behavior, like procrastination, it really needs to get done right then, or um, somebody's counting on me and it has to get done, you put on a mask, you put on a tough persona, you, you wear the traits that you know will get you through that, and you just do it. And that is hard because it takes everything that you are feeling and it shoves it right to the side. You don't have time to process it. You don't have time to work through it. It's just gone for now. And it'll sneak back up on you later. Um, you can get done with whatever it is that you need to get done. And you need to recharge. Um, I need to recharge regularly from even just seeing friends that I really like. Um, people even like my kids. I love my kids. but. I need to get away from them sometimes and just recharge. I need to be by myself. Um, anybody. Like, just being around people is exhausting. Um, I'm always worried that I'm messing something up. I'm always worried that there's uh, something going to go wrong. And I just need to be alone, but I'm never alone. Like, it just feels like there's always people around. And... I just feel like I can never have enough time alone to catch up and to recharge and to get my head back to a place where I can put that mask on and go be the funny guy, be the clever guy, be the helpful guy, be the whatever, and be myself. Myself sucks. I mean, I know it's self-sabotaging behavior to self-deprecate and say that you suck, but I do. I mean, my personality, like, when I wear that entertaining mask, and when I wear that articulate mask, and that clever mask, and that competent guy mask, and, like, it just, it's exhausting. And when it comes down to who I really am at the base of all that, when I'm all alone, I'm just exhausted, and I want to be quiet. Like, I want to lay on the couch, and I want to forget about everything and watch TV. I want to get that stress out of my head, and I just don't have enough time to be able to do it. Um, how do you make time? How do you do the things? Like, I think a lot of people are traumatized just from the world that we live in. Um, they just don't have what they need available to them to live a healthy life, a mentally healthy life. Like, I grew up neglected and alone a lot. Um, two things that 
help me feel better are well, the healthy thing would be um, comforting and caring and compassion like somebody who's there for you that just says hey it's going to be okay like I can't think of a better feeling than having a comforting person there and just letting me put my head on their lap and they just like rest their hand on my head and just every once in a while just say like you're alright everything's okay you're a good person you did a good job you can relax just let it out like that just sounds amazing like to just have like a, a turn on the office and just have somebody there like a maternal feeling of like somebody like just being compassionate to you that that just sounds like the perfect recharge like the nicest thing um i could do that for hours and i don't think i would ever get enough of it um but we can't always have that we can't have that mom there that we needed when we were a kid to give us that um so we have to try to do it ourselves and being neglected a lot and being left alone with your feelings and feeling misunderstood you learn to kind of comfort yourself um, you need time by yourself to really think about your emotions and really go to that hard place with yourself and work through all the negative and then come back around to the positive and talk to yourself in a compassionate way uh, being able to um, do a, a few things to distract yourself the things that you enjoy the things that make you happy and let yourself recharge and so you isolate yourself a lot um, I think that's where I get a lot of my introverted behavior um, you pull yourself away for so many reasons you pull yourself away because you don't want to make life hard on people to deal with your negative stuff uh, you pull away because you don't feel safe around uh, the the situation you're in like you're 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 worried that you're gonna mess up you're worried that um, things are just gonna blow up and so it's better to isolate yourself you don't want to cause problems um, and you can feel them coming uh, you need time away just to not have to worry and that that's the hard thing it's hard to always worry about how other people feel like even when you sit there and you tell yourself like those aren't my feelings I don't need to worry about that like that's that's their problem and there's nothing I can do to help and I don't need to and I need to take care of myself I can't do that I don't I can say it I can repeat it over and over again in my head it doesn't make it function it doesn't make it work so at this point I'm just telling myself things I, I don't know how to actually make that function yet but I'm constantly trying to improve so maybe I'll figure it out maybe I'll figure out the trick to actually like believing that I'm alright <laughs> actually believing that I'm decent and a person worthy of being happy I don't know but I mean civilization like the the world that we live in 
Um, we're constantly bombarded with stressors. And when you were hurt and when a lot of bad things happened to you and you were left all by yourself to figure it out on your own, that's what you need. And the more you were hurt and the more sadness you experienced early on, the more time alone you spent and the more mechanisms you have in place. There's a lot of things that you have in place that are going to make you feel bad and that are going to make you feel anxious and that are going to make you feel depressed. Like there's so many things that trigger those feelings and when nobody was there for you you spent a lot of time alone like working through those feelings on your own and surviving um, now you're out there you still you're alone um, you always kind of hoped you wouldn't be but you are um, and you need time you, you need what you had. You, when you were a kid and people left you alone and you didn't have to work and you didn't have to take care of anybody else and you were little, like the bad thing would happen to you and then you were alone and you could work it out. Well, now bad things happen to you constantly and you can't be alone and you can't work it out. Um, a lot of people don't understand. Um, I think people with PTSD, um, when they have these triggers, they just need to be alone. They don't want to be alone. I mean, they want somebody to comfort them, to tell them it's going to be okay, and to hold them and to understand. But they can't have it. Um, people with traumatic experiences, like, they are targets. Um, People that have been hurt in certain ways subconsciously find ways to keep using those coping mechanisms um, to comfort themselves. Um, Self-sabotage. Um, you have this tool. Like, look at look at these um, these coping mechanisms as tools. Um, it's a tool in your tool belt, and for years, that tool was the best thing that you had to help you complete this job of getting through this pain or this trauma. Um, even though you're older now and you have more tools available to you, this is the strongest one. Even though it's not the appropriate one for the job, it's the one that you default to. And you don't, it, well, I don't say you don't, you, you have a hard time identifying that that's unhealthy. Um, but it's a way of comforting yourself. You're, you're diving into your own comfort. Um, this thing that you're doing comforts you. Um, this coping mechanism comforts you. So you find ways to use that coping mechanism. You subconsciously put yourself in situations where you're going to need that coping mechanism. Those situations find you. Um, like, think about it if you're, um, if you're a person that can that felt weak as a child and um, you were constantly pushed to your limits and you were getting hurt a lot and as you got older um, you say you lifted weights and you did the hard jobs and you made yourself really really muscular so that you can do that stuff well 
people are going to find you. They're going to find that, oh man, I have a really heavy job. I have something really heavy. I know who can handle it. This person can take it. They're strong. They can lift it. They can help me with it. And that was a coping mechanism. They don't want to always be pushed to the limit. They don't want to be tested. They don't want to be hurt. But those situations find them because they've created this coping mechanism specific to that type of trauma. Um, well, I'm not going to get crushed by this piano because I have to be strong enough to lift it. Oh, thank you for lifting my piano. <laughs> you know, there's you your coping mechanisms, if you don't identify them and if you don't get a handle on them and you try to work through them um, and find healthier ways to deal with your stress and your anxiety and your depression, you're going to keep seeking out and, well, you're not going to keep, well, you maybe you will keep seeking it out. Maybe you'll you seek out things to test against your coping mechanisms. Um, but I think other people target your coping mechanisms. They they look at your your strengths and your weaknesses, and they take advantage of them. Um, and you're okay to go along with that because it means that you get to use your coping mechanisms to comfort yourself. Um, this sucks. I think one of the healthiest things that a person can do that has a hard time with self-sabotaging behavior is identifying it and then um, once you've identified your self-sabotaging behavior being able to set boundaries is one of the most powerful but one of the hardest things to do um, even doing it with yourself like setting a boundary with yourself like with me like eating like, I'm going to set a boundary with myself. I'm not going to eat so much. Like, I'm going to take myself out of the chaos of dinner time, all the noise and people fighting and arguing and not sitting down and running around and kids making messes and needing drinks and clanging objects and all this stimulation. I'm not going to let that tell me how to eat my dinner. I'm going to slowly take a bite, and I'm going to enjoy the bite, and I'm not going to overeat going to eat a normal amount. Um, you set a boundary with yourself. Set a boundary with somebody else. Um, somebody that wants to blame you for how they feel. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I'm going to set a boundary there. Be like, I, you, no. I can't. I don't want to be part of that. I'd rather be alone. I mean, you call it self-isolating, I think, in a lot of cases. Um, but sometimes self-isolating is out of necessity. Like, you need to do it. Like, you need that time alone. You need that recharge. You need that quiet, that lack of sensory input. So sometimes you're not isolating yourself out of self-deprecation and worry that you're going to mess up. Sometimes you have to isolate yourself just so you can have a minute. Like, I can spend a whole day by myself, and it's still not enough. Um, what's crazy is, like, sometimes when I think about being alone, like, what if I was alone for the rest of my life? Or, like, man, it sure sounds lonely to just, like, be 
live in a cabin out in the woods and have nobody around. But when I'm actually alone and keeping myself company, it's when I'm at my calmest and it's when I feel like I'm myself. Um, it's hard for me to feel like myself when I'm around other people. Like, I, I tailor myself. I, I tailor my behavior. I tailor my attitude. I tailor my personality for each person that I'm around to make their experience with me as good as it can be. Because um, I'm always worried that I'm going to mess up. That's cool. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I've talked to him long enough. I'm, I'm going down some weird rabbit holes. Um, but, yeah, uh, self-sabotage. Uh, recognize what you're doing. Um, procrastination, negative self-talk, isolation, perfectionism. There, there's so many ways you can self-sabotage, but recognize it and do the opposite. Um, step away from that self-sabotaging behavior. Step into something uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, it might stress you out and you might need to take time for yourself after, but um, do what you don't want to do. Sometimes what you want to do is a coping mechanism. Sometimes you just want that comfortable routine to everything to stay the same and everything to be predictable. But a lot of times that's what made you feel the way you feel. Um, that repeated not quite good enough situation that kind of hurt. You gotta take a step back and look at what you're doing, identify that, and do the opposite. You have to push yourself into uncomfortable situations sometimes, and sometimes you feel better after. Um, when you're recharging and you think about it, there's less negative things for you to think about. You didn't do the same old thing, you did something new, you were proactive. There's nothing to ruminate about. There's nothing to feel bad about anymore. You've worked past it, and you are proud of yourself. That stops a lot of negative thought, a lot of negative self-narration. Um, yeah. So, I hope everybody has a good day or night, or whenever you're listening to this. Um, be nice to yourself. Um, we all make mistakes. Uh, don't always feel so bad. I tend to feel way worse than I think I should in a lot of cases. I'm trying to work on that. Um, but, yeah, take a step back. Try to look at what you're doing. Does it align with your goals? Is it helping you? Or is it hurting you? Is it making it hard for you to achieve your goals? And find a way to change it. Um, give yourself time. Don't be all or nothing. Um, you can't do everything perfectly the first time. Incrementally, you'll get better at it. Um, you're going to mess up. Everybody messes up. I mess up constantly. I need to teach myself that that's okay. <laughs> I need to not feel like a piece of garbage every time I make a little mistake. Um, and you can do it, too. I'm optimistic that I will improve my self-sabotaging behavior. I'm optimistic that I'll find a balance in my life that 
reaches my goals um, and I have to stay that way because I really just hope that I don't have to be sad forever um, and I hope that you found something useful in what we talked about tonight um, I hope you maybe learned some kind of insight in identifying some of your own bullshit and you can use some of the things I talked about to help you kind of see through it and move past it. Always try to make yourself a little bit better. Um, always try to improve yourself, even if it's just a little bit at a time. So, I hope everybody has a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.